Hello, and thank you for joining us for the Hatchbend Apostolic Church web broadcast. In our society today, some, and yes, sadly, maybe even most, question the value of preaching in their lives. But we still believe what Paul said in 1 Corinthians chapter 1. In essence, Paul preached that God has chosen the foolishness of preaching to save them that believe. And so that's why we still place such a high value on the preached word of God in agreement to the scripture. And so now I'd like to thank you again for joining us for a message from our pastor at Hatchbend Apostolic Church. join me in the book of Exodus chapter 34. I'm going to read the first four verses and we'll just be in the this general area for a little while here today. I appreciate so much what I feel. Yes. Amen. Yes. The refreshing and the rest of the presence of God. Exodus 34 and 1. The Bible says, And the Lord said unto Moses, Hew thee two tables of stone like unto the first. And I will write upon these tables the words that were in the first tables which thou breakest. And be ready in the morning and come up in the morning unto Mount Sinai and present thyself there to me in the top of the mount. And no man shall come up with thee, neither let any man be seen throughout all the mount, neither let the flocks nor herds feed before that mount. The Bible says in verse 4 again, And he hewed two tables of stone like unto the first. And Moses rose up early in the morning and went up to Mount Sinai as the Lord had commanded him, and he took in his hand the two tables of stone. Three times in these four verses the Lord uses the term two tables of stone. And I want to use that phrase as my subject today. Two tables of stone. Amen. God, I love you today. Thank you for the sweet presence of your spirit that we feel here this morning. And I ask you, oh God, to just let this word find the place in all of our hearts. But I believe you're going to speak specifically to us today. And let us receive the word, not just with our ears, but let us reach out with every fiber of our soul. And receive the truth of your word today. In Jesus' name, amen. You can be seated if you'd like. I think what makes this such a powerful and beautiful passage of scripture is the fact that we're talking about the second set of tables or the second set of tablets and uh, the first set had been broken, and I want to try to navigate in between uh, this mixed audience today. Some of you perhaps know the story, others don't. But the first set of tables or tablets had been broken. They were thrown down in a moment of anger, in a moment of flesh in the life of Moses. But Moses repented, and, and he asked God for a second chance. And the relationship between God and Moses was indeed repaired. And I like God's response because he said, you two tables of stone like unto the first. And so we're going to do this again. And I believe it is a beautiful move of God and it is a beautiful message that we serve a God of reconciliation. 
Amen. Now, if you've never been in trouble this morning, you can probably just reach up and put it in neutral and coast through the rest of this service. But to everybody else, that's who I want to preach to today. I'm thankful to serve a God of reconciliation. And so I believe that in this context, the question is not whether or not we are ever going to need that second set of tables or tablets, but the question is, will we really take the time to repair things that have been broken? It's not a matter of if, simply it is a matter of when. And when that moment in our life comes, what is our response going to be? Will we take the time to say, God, I need to visit you again, and I need another chance. I need another opportunity. I'm grateful to serve a God of second chances. I believe with all my heart this building would be empty today if it were not for the fact that we serve a God of second chances, a God that gives us another time to come to the plate and step up again. The Bible says that God had brought the children of Israel out of the land of Egypt and in their wilderness journey or in their journey, uh, they were to cross a desert and possess the land of Canaan that God had promised them. This promise was born in the book of Genesis chapter 11 when the Lord began to speak to Abraham and his family or Abram and his family. And then again, Genesis 12 and 7 where the Lord underlined the importance of getting where he wanted them to be. And oh, what a journey it has been. Along the way, it has passed the promise from generation to generation. And along this journey, particularly where we are here today in Scripture, God calls Moses and Joshua up into the Mount, the Mount Sinai. And it was here for 40 days and 40 nights that there was a tremendous undeniable move of God. And it was during this time that God gave Moses direction and vision for their future. And he has given a covenant between himself and the Israelites. It was a powerful God that was meeting with common men. Amen. This was also where God hands Moses two tables of stone. We know them today as the Ten Commandments. But there were two tables of stone, and, and God hands man, amen, these tablets of stone that would represent a, a forever covenant between God and his people. In the book of Exodus chapter 30, 24, rather, and verse number 12, the Bible says, And the Lord said unto Moses, Come up unto me in the mount and be there, and I will give thee tables of stone and a law and commandments which I have written that thou mayest teach them. Later in the book of Exodus chapter 31 and verse 18, the Bible says, And he gave unto Moses when he had made an end of communing with him upon the Mount Sinai, two tables of testimony, tables of stone, written with the finger of God. What a powerful moment this is. For man, nothing like this has taken place to date. But in the meanwhile, in the middle of this tremendous move of the Lord, and here's a whole different message for another day perhaps, but right in the middle of this powerful moment of God meeting with Moses and Joshua 
God told Moses at the end of this, you need to get back down the mountain because the people have corrupted themselves. It's amazing, isn't it? Amen, that here is the man of God chosen to lead them who went to the mountain with God. Something was powerfully taking place in a spiritual way in the heart of some while at the base of the mountain, something very corrupt was taking place in the heart of others. The Bible says in Exodus 32 and 15, and Moses turned and he went down from the mount and the two tables of testimony were in his hands. The tables were written on both sides, on one side and on the other were they written. And the tables were the work of God. The writing was the writing of God graven upon the tables. The tablets, the tables, the Bible says, were the work of God and the writing was the writing of God upon these tables. And then in verse 19, the scripture says that when Moses came down the mountain and he saw the people transgressing, that Moses grew angry and in that moment threw down the tablets of stone and broke them. I believe it was a significant moment in scripture for many reasons, perhaps more than I would dare have the ability or time to take this morning. But here is the first time that God is, that it's recorded that God himself has written anything down. And it was the first time that we have in record that God is handing common man something so divine. It represented, I believe, God's willingness to join league with his creation and make a covenant with his people. I'm sure that no doubt Moses, perhaps all of us, has been given some sort of duty or responsibility, whether that was a a job or a job description or a ministry or perhaps it was something in a more literal sense. But I'm sure that God had allowed Moses to feel the heaviness, the weight of what had been handed in those two stone tables. And I'm not talking about the physical weight. I believe he felt the physical weight, of course, of these tablets. But I believe that he felt the weight and the responsibility of what these tablets represented. The word of God, the will of God, the finger of God, the scripture talks about having written them. Moses knew that they had been written by the Lord himself. This was not his idea. These were not his theories. These were not just something he would try to pass or press upon the will of, the, of, the, of those that he was leading. But then in a moment coming down that mountain, Moses broke those tablets. In his anger, in his disappointment, in his frustration, in his humanity. In his humanity, he threw to the ground and shattered them to pieces. A priceless piece of work, amen, was destroyed in one split second of lapsed decision. I believe that we ourselves before we cast a stone toward Moses can realize we've stood at similar intersections. In a moment of lapsed judgment, we took something precious that God had given us and we threw it to the ground or set it to the side, whatever the case may have been. Amen. The priceless piece of work was destroyed in a moment of time. It was something that could not be repaired. Amen. It was something that could not be put back in its original condition because Moses had allowed that moment of flesh to get in the way. I believe at some point we all have stood 
or we will stand at this very moment. If you've lived for God any time at all, then I know that you have learned what it's like to work hard on your relationship with the Lord. Am I talking to anybody that has a prayer life? Anybody that picks up your Bible, not just at church during the service to read along the text with a preacher, but somewhere you're getting into the Word because you want that Word to get into you. Moments of solitary prayer. Some of those moments have been so exciting and faith-filled and energized by the power of God. But there have been other times that we knelt in prayer and it seemed that heaven was brass and it seemed like it was closed forever. But you said, i got to take this time because I want to develop a relationship with God. And so every time we sacrifice time, our effort, our energy, or our talents, we understand that we draw just a little bit closer to the Lord and we know Him a little better. It's okay to admit that this morning. In His Word, we learn a little bit more about Him when we read it. In His Word, we learn a little bit more about Him when we hear it taught or preached. Every day, that we spend faithful and hungry to do His will, I believe we are drawing closer and closer to Him. It doesn't matter how we feel because this is not a walk of feelings, but we're drawing closer to Him because His Word is getting us a little bit closer. This service, regardless of whether you feel the Holy Ghost goosebumps or whether you don't feel that, this service is going to draw us. There's an ability this morning, a drawing of us closer to Him. In those moments, I believe that we are given something by the hand of God. It may be a verse. It may be a a touch of healing. It may be an answered prayer. All of these things and many more give us a glimpse of His glory. A glimpse of who He is, of His power. Like Moses, I believe that we're handed and we have been handed something personal from the Lord. I believe that there are times that we come together and there is a collective word that comes to the body. But I also know, not believe, I also know that there are times we come together and it's like the Lord just moved everybody else out of the way and said, I need to speak to you. I need to talk to you. It was a personal gift. It was. For, you may think it was for nobody else in the room, but God took the time to come down and visit you. No one else may understand. No one else may comprehend. But I walked away and I thought, Lord, I'm so thankful that that I was in this service. I'm so thankful that I was present today because you came to visit me and you came to give me a word of hope. And I begin to realize that he's not a God that's locked up in a leather book. He's not a God that's locked up on a book on a shelf somewhere, but he is a God that knows me by name and loves me and wants to have a relationship with me. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. In this narrative, Moses never really had the time to explain the value of what was in his hands. He didn't really have time to walk through the camp and say, Oh, you should have been there. The Spirit of the Lord came down and glory filled my soul. His finger began to ride in this tablet of stone. He never had the ability, the time, the opportunity to to talk about how these tablets And the words written on these tablets would alter the course of man because his emotions beat him to the moment. But before we pass judgment on this man called Moses, we may want to consider how often we've done the same thing. 
We, like Moses, we know when it happens. Maybe it's not as loud or it's not as demonstrative as, as what we may envision uh, this to have been with Moses. We've seen perhaps through the years portraits or somebody trying to capture this moment for us. We may have some mental image that comes to our mind from our earlier years of walking with God. Whatever it may have been, I don't believe this happened in a vacuum. I don't believe that Moses was the only one that saw this happen. I believe others were there to be able to see the destruction of these tablets, but nobody knew like Moses knew the significance of what he had allowed his flesh to do. Amen. Suddenly, as the dust cleared and, and the place grows eerily silent, Moses was able to look at his feet and realize what he had destroyed. And we have stood there ourselves, not realizing the magnitude of what may be involved here, but I've let something of value slip out of my hands. I've let something of great worth, I've let it get, I've let my flesh get in the way. And so try as you may to piece all of it back together again. But we realize that within ourselves, that's going to be hopeless. There's no way I can gather all this back up and put it back in its original condition because the things that have been broken here cannot be repaired. And it is the work and the pleasure of the enemy to take something of great value and forever bring it down in value. Amen. To cause our emotions to overcome us. To the extent that we damage what God has given or what God has shown or what God has promised. Amen. I realize that we often in this story skip past this moment. We try to hurry past. But can you imagine the pain that Moses must have felt in his heart? He was angry for sure and he had a reason to be angry. If you know the story then you understand that Moses was, in, it was within his right, not his actions, but he was within his right to be frustrated. When his anger subsided, then in a moment Moses realized what I've done. And there had to be a dozen questions that filled his mind and perplexed his spirit. Would I ever be able to gather this back again? More importantly, what is God's response to this going to be? I know how I responded, but now how is God going to respond to this? Amen. But I want to say it again. I'm glad to know that I serve a God of second chances. I'm glad I know that I serve a God that understands my frailty. And I'm not trying to make room for sin here this morning, but I am trying to make room for grace. Amen. I'm not trying to make room for a license to do whatever we want to, but I want to remind us of the grace of God. I will submit to you that there's not a mess big enough that God can't help us clean up if we're willing to make the trip up that mountain again, if we're willing to say, Lord, I want you to speak in my life again. I want you to move in my life again. I want you to be in my life again. I want you to reside in my heart again. <laughs> Hallelujah. Oh, we need you, Lord. We need you, Lord. We need you, Lord. Amen. God will allow us to come back. But I want you to hear me. If you hear no other line of what I feel God has given me today, please hear me. God will allow us back. But we've got to be prepared of the possibility of a different path back. Amen. The first time, God did a lot of the work. The first time, God dug out the stone. 
The first time God carved out the words. But the next time would be different. The next time Moses was going to have a little more skin involved in this game. Amen. And God does this for a reason. He said, you two tables of stone like unto the first. And I will write on these tables the words that were in the first tables. Amen. Uh, You're going to be involved in a different way. But when I come on the scene, I'm going to do what I've done again. I'm going to replicate it all again. I'm not going to reword it. I'm not going to to rethink this. But I'm going to write what was in the first tables that thou breakest. And I think the message is clear is that we got to go back. We must go back. If we want to come home, I got to go back. If I got to find my way back, if I'm lost, I got to go back to where I turn made the wrong turn. I got to get back on the right road. I got to go back to where I first felt his presence. I've got to get back to that moment where I first believed. Amen. Moses had to spend time. He had to spend energy. He had to invest himself in if God was going to ever recreate in his lifetime and in his presence the second set of tables. But the expense The energy, the effort was nothing compared to what it would have been to be able to come back into the presence of God. I want to tell you that the path, the road is not so long that it's not worth a trip. The journey is not so jagged that it's not worth the end result. But we got to say, Lord, whatever it takes to get back where I ran off the road, I want to get back there because I know what's at the end. I know what's waiting for me when I get there. If you'll come back, if you'll bring the stone, I'll with my with my finger I'll write again I'll put back what was there it'll be the same promises it'll have the same power and it'll last to every generation again praise God so I say Lord I'm coming home Hallelujah. Lord, I'm coming back and I'm going to bring a new heart. I'm going to bring a fresh table. I'm going to bring something that you can have. I'm going to bring something that you can ride on. I'm going to bring something that you can shape and you can mold. I'm bringing that to you. I'm bringing that to you. Amen. God said, I'll do the writing. But he said three times in our text, but you bring the two tables of stone." There was another difference. The second trip up the mountain, there was another difference. The Bible says, be ready in the morning, part of our text, verse 2. And come up in the morning to Mount Sinai and present thyself to me on the top of the mount. And no man, no man shall come up with thee, neither let any man be seen throughout all the mount. Amen. Neither let the flocks or the herds feed before that mount. Now the last time, Moses was welcome to bring Joshua. But this time, Moses, this is just me and you. It was you who put us in this position, and it's you that has to get us out of this position. Last time you can bring Joshua, but this time, the first time, and uh, the first time it was just the will of God to go with company, but now. The Lord said, this time you got to come by yourself. The second set is going to be different. you got to come alone. Amen. I think it's important that we understand the value of those times, that it's just you and the Lord. It's just me and God. Am I talking to anybody here today? Amen. Those things that we just got to hammer this out ourselves. 
This is not something friends can pull us out of. This is not something family can pull us out of. This is not, this is not something, this is something that's got to be me and God. It's got to be you and God. It's just us. I was the one that got us here and I'm the one that has to get me back and God said to Moses come back where you met the first time and when you get there here's what you're going to find you're not, you're not going to find a long finger of judgment you're not going to find a long finger of condemnation but you're going to find my goodness and you're going to find my mercy I believe that it is imperative that we all meet the goodness of God that we all meet the favor of God I understand the law of the harvest. Whatsoever a man soweth, that shall he also reap. And I understand that when we push a bean in the soil, we're going to get more than one bean back. But I'm talking about the goodness and the favor of God that can sustain us beyond that moment. It may have been different from Adam and Eve. Maybe they weren't in the garden, but they still had one another. Amen. They, maybe they weren't in the paradise that, that, that was first given them, but they were still alive and they still had a family. I'm telling you today that I'm thankful for the hand of God that can touch us and lift us and bring us out. I'm thankful for the power of redemption. Praise God. We cannot walk many miles with God without having to come to face-to-face or being able to come to face-to-face with his mercy and grace. And I'm thankful that Moses had an opportunity to do this with a second set, the two tables of stone. Remember that God isn't asking him to go to a new place. He was just inviting him back to the same place. He wasn't asking him back to a new place to do a new thing. He was asking him to come back to the same place to do the same thing. Sometimes when we fail, it is, it is the propensity of humanity to want to turn and, the, and go the opposite way. Maybe find a different place or a different a place of worship or a different leadership or different doctrine. But you see, that's not the answer. The answer is hearing the voice of God that says, just come back up. You can walk the same path on the same mountain and come back to the same spot. Hallelujah. Amen. It's, it may be a little more difficult. This time, you're going to have to carry something with you. You're going to have to bring something with you. But I just want to say it again that whatever you have to carry with you up the side of that mountain, it'll be worth the glory. You're going to find when you get there. Hallelujah. It'll be worth the power of God that you're going to experience when you arrive. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Unlike Moses, we ourselves are not bringing two tables of stone, of course, but we must come back to God with a clean heart. Jeremiah 31 and 33 speaks about the prophetic word of God putting his law on the inward parts. And he said, I will write it on their hearts and I will be their God and they shall be my people. And then Paul to the church at Corinth in chapter 3 verse 3, he speaks about the spirit of a living God writing, amen, not on tables of stone, but on the fleshly tables of the heart. And so we are coming back to God. Of course, we're not bearing in our hands those tables of stone like Moses was bearing, but we come back to God with something that's clean. We come back to God with something that's pure. That's what repentance does for us. That's what the power of prayer does for us to say, Lord, I'm back again. I need your mercy. I need your help. I didn't just repent one time. How about you? 
I didn't just come to the altar one time, but we come back again and again and we trudge back up that mountain and say, God, I let my flesh get in the way. I let my mouth get in the way. I let my thoughts get in the way. Oh, but I need you today to ride again on my heart your promises. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, for those two tables, a stone, and a man that was willing to make the trip. Moses could have just tried to gather up the fragments of those two broken tablets. He could have tried to make that work, but Moses was wise enough to think this will never be sufficient. This would never do. And so if we have ever, if you have ever broken something that God has given you, we can't continue to walk on like that. You gotta stop and gather back up. You can't pretend all is well and just say this will do, this will be sufficient because it won't be sufficient. And Moses said, I can't allow this to be true. I can't allow this. I gotta brush this to the side and I gotta hew out two tables of stone and I gotta go back because I want another word of God. I want him to write again on my heart. I really believe that I'm preaching to somebody today that knows what I'm talking about. Amen, we have all, not just one or two, but a house full of people that knows what it's like to say, God, it's me again. I'm coming back. I allowed some things to break, some promises that you made and some things and hopes and dreams you put in my heart. But I'm asking you, Lord, to come again and to write afresh in my spirit. Amen. But God said, I'm not making these tables this time. You're gonna bring them. Moses realized that he couldn't continue to allow his rash decisions and his flesh to define his life. He had to do something to turn this around. I'm thankful for a God of second chances. Amen. I'm thankful for a God of second chances. I'm going to ask our musicians if they will to come. Amen. Breaking those two tablets of stone was indeed a moment in the life of Moses. But he refused to allow this to be his defining moment. So perhaps students of the Bible, when we think about Moses in the big picture, we think about Moses throwing down these two tables of stone. But I would dare say this morning that that's not our first thought when we think about Moses. We think about Moses with the rod in his hand over the Red Sea. We think about Moses as a mighty man that was an intercessor, as you begin to read through the scriptures, and we read about the times that Moses was so frustrated that he said, Lord, just take them out. And then those other times when God said, enough is enough, but Moses said, please, Lord, just one more time. Moses, the intercessor. Moses, the man that was willing to do whatever it took Amen. He endured a lot of things. One of the most meek men, according to Scripture. Moses endured a lot of things, but he understood his mission. And even in the end, because this wasn't the last bout Moses would have with his flesh. It wasn't the last bout Moses would have with his anger. But I don't see a bitter man going to Mount Pisgah. Because when 
the Lord said to Moses, because you have struck the rock the second time instead of speaking to the rock, I'm going to have to let Joshua lead them in. Moses didn't crumple in the floor, but he took his punishment. And here was God's grace one more time, another trip, another mountain. And I would just suggest to you that the Lord didn't know this to Moses. But he said, I just want you to see that this has not been a pipe dream. This has not been an exercise in futility. I'm not sure, maybe you are. But I'm not sure if Moses could literally see the land of promise. But somehow on Pisgah, God allowed him to realize this is a reality. I'm so thankful that those moments weren't his defining moments. He refused to say, Lord, I've cashed it in, I give up. But he said, I'm going to keep walking. I'm going to ask you to stand today. Moses refused to allow what happened in the camp to keep him off the mountain. And sometimes if we're not careful, we can allow failures to keep us at a spot that robs us of a mountaintop experience. I don't want to go back to the mountain because I think I deserve it. I don't want to go back to the mountain because I think what I did was no big deal. I don't want to go back to the mountain because I think God is overreacting. I want to go back to the mountain because those, the Lord is beckoning me to come, come back. Amen. Walk back up this mountain. I'll meet you there. I'll show you something. Amen. I'll give you something. Our flesh rises and our flesh begins to dictate what must be done to either protect us or hide us. Amen. And if we're not careful, that'll rob us of the opportunity to ever come back into the presence of God. And I just shudder to think what would have happened if Moses had drifted away from Mount Sinai without those two tablets being redone, rewritten. Amen. Some think that we cannot connect with the will of God anymore, anywhere at any time. But I'm going to tell you, there's only a place in God that we can go that we can hear from Him. I can't afford to stay in the camp. I can't afford to live my life out in the valley pretending all is well. Somehow or another, I've got to get back to the mountain. I've got to get back in the presence of God. Amen. You know what the Bible says of Moses? This man so full of frailties. This man so fragile. It seems strong at sometimes. Frail at other times. But the Bible says of Moses. And this is the only person you'll ever find this. That they spoke as friends. Am I right? They spoke as friends. You know God would give commands to prophets. Thus saith the Lord. Tell the people. Thus saith God. But he spoke to Moses as a friend. I will tell you today, that's the kind of relationship that I want with the Lord. Amen. And the only thing he's asking in order for that to happen is for us to bring something that he can ride on. Something that he can move in. I want a prepared vessel. Amen. I'm so glad that the story of Moses didn't end at the base of Mount Sinai with two broken tablets and just a muddled mess. I'm so glad Moses was willing to say, I'm going to do whatever it takes. And today we're here because others before us said, I'm going to do whatever it takes. Amen. Our lives are filled with people that have influenced us. They've been tremendous examples. But can I suggest to you today something real? 
They were not perfect. They were not perfect. They were not without error. They were not without fault. The most sanctified person that you know, I'm talking about them. Read Hebrews 11. Amen. Hebrews 11, the roll call of the heroes of faith. But go study their lives and you're going to see frailties and you're going to see fractures, but you're going to see somebody that refused to give up and give in. But somebody said, I want to take these two tablets and I'm going to go back to the mountain. I'm going to do whatever it takes. I don't know how difficult it was to carve out those two tablets to take them back, but I just want to pause and say thank you, Moses. Thank you, Moses. You made it possible that we understand that if you could do it, we can do it too. Amen. I wonder if we could just find out. This message has been brought to you today by the media ministry of Hatchbend Apostolic Church. We pray that it's ministered to you in some way, and we'd like to take this opportunity to invite you to join us in service here at Hatchbend Apostolic. Our Sunday services begin at 10 a.m. and our Wednesday night service at 7.30 p.m. For any more information or to speak with our ministry staff, please feel free to call our church office at 386-935-2806 or you can visit the contact link here on our website. Again, thank you for listening and we pray God's richest blessings on you and your family.